Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. In Matthew 24, Jesus spells out what will happen as history draws to a close, great tribulation that precedes his glorious return to earth. He spoke of signs to indicate that his coming was near. Today, more teaching on the return of the King. From the Moody Church in Chicago, this is Running to Win with Dr. Erwin Lutzer, whose clear teaching helps us make it across the finish line. Today, Erwin Lutzer continues a series on The King is Coming, Preparing to Meet Jesus. In this, the fifth of ten messages, our focus is on that time when the King judges those left behind. Well, he's with the disciples, and they're overlooking the temple area, and Jesus said, all of these stones that you see here, the beautiful temple that was built, not one stone shall be left upon another that shall be torn down. The disciples ask him, verse 3, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the close of the age? Jesus, in effect, ignores their first question about when these things, the destruction of the temple, will take place. And he launches into this discussion of the signs of his coming and the end of the age. Now, it's true, there are some parallels between this and the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus does talk about the coming destruction of Jerusalem in 70 A.D., But Jesus begins and he talks about certain signs. So there are two questions we have to answer before we get into the text. Namely, where are we as believers during this period of time? Where do we fit into this? As you know, based on the previous messages that I have given, I believe that we will be raptured up, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, We will be with the Lord because the coming of Jesus is in two stages. First of all, he comes for his church, and then he comes with the church, with his saints. And today we're talking about that second stage of the great revelation of Jesus. When, as we shall see, as lightning goes from one end of heaven to the other, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. We're talking about stage number two in his return. So if this scenario is correct and you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, you will be in heaven waiting to return with Christ, but we will be exempt from the wrath to come, because this is a time when God's wrath falls upon the earth. There's a second question, and that is that um, the signs that Jesus talks about, are, are they signs for today? Well, not really. They are signs during the tribulation period, during the first half of the tribulation period. They are signs, but uh, their root can be seen today. Every one of these signs in one way or another is happening today as we get into the signs. By the way, as you read this chapter, do you notice how Jewish it is? It talks about Jerusalem. It talks about, oh, pray that your flight will not be on a Sabbath day, etc. Why is it so Jewish? The best way to view the church is as a parenthesis. Old Testament, God dealt with Israel. Church is inserted into this. Now that the church is taken away, God takes up where he left off to fulfill the Old Testament 
promises. And that's why you don't see the church here. What you see is a message to Jewish people and Gentiles as well who will be there during the period of the Great Tribulation. Well, very quickly now, let's look at the signs. We must hurry on. Jesus said in verse 4, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. Today we have something like that. We have many different Jesuses. We have a Mormon Jesus. We have a New Age Jesus. We have a do-it-yourself Jesus, a cut-and-paste Jesus. People have different Jesuses. But in that day, many will say, I am the Christ. Huge worldwide deception. Notice there'll be war. Verse 6, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place. Years ago, I preached a message on the little word must. Things that must take place. But the end is not yet. Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be world war, and in the period of time known as the Great Tribulation, it's going to end with the Battle of Armageddon. So kingdom will rise against kingdom. There will be famines. Certainly we have that today. Earthquakes in various places. The number of earthquakes, I'm told, is increasing. All these are the beginning of birth pangs. This is just the warm-up. Then they will deliver you up in tribulation and put you to death. You will be hated by all nations for my sake. Widespread persecution that is actually going to result in many people dying and many people being raised as martyrs. And then it says, and many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This has nothing to do with the issue of eternal personal security. What Jesus is saying is, is that the person who endures to the end of the tribulation period, after so many millions die... The person who endures to that point will be rescued by Jesus, will be given the opportunity of entering into the kingdom. And so if you endure to the end of the age, the end of the tribulation period, is what Jesus actually is talking about. And then there's another sign. Verse 14, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end shall come this point in time, we have to say, whoa, stop. Let's think this through. The church is taken away. The restrainer is taken away. The Holy Spirit is still in the world, but in an Old Testament sense of the word. Antichrist is beginning to mobilize to sign a covenant with Israel, a covenant of peace evidently. And yet you have all these people saved during the tribulation period. Where did they come from? If you have your Bibles open, let's turn for a moment to Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7, where we see here the story of the 144,000. Chapter 7, verse 1 of Revelation. After this I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, 
holding back the four winds of the earth that no wind might blow on the earth or the sea against any tree. I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God. He called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the earth and the sea. Do not harm the earth and the sea or the trees until we've sealed the servants of God in their foreheads. God is saying, I'm going to restrain my wrath while 144,000 Jews are sealed so that they might not be destroyed during the tribulation. Some people read this and they say, this must be the church. Well, actually, it actually lists the tribes. And how does God come up with such a neat number, 12,000, 12,000, to make 144,000? Only God can do that. God evidently has chosen some people, and he has uh, chosen them and will in the end time seal them, and they will be converted, perhaps miraculously, something like Saul on the way to Damascus. God may just simply come out of heaven and say, believe on Jesus, be saved, and 144,000 are saved. Now, if you believe that the church is going to go through the tribulation, as many fine Christians do, you still have the question of how the church evangelizing ends up exactly with 12,000 from each of the tribes. It is a miracle done of God. You say, well, what if that isn't the correct interpretation that these 144,000 become the evangelists? By the way, last part of Revelation 7, it talks about all those who were saved during the tribulation, the great number, who evidently die and are beheaded and are now in heaven. But you say, well, uh, how do we know that those folks are going to preach the gospel? Well, you know, God is never out of ideas. Listen to this from Revelation chapter 14, verse 6. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. An angel flies with an eternal gospel to every nation, tribe, language, and people, and he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth and the sea and the springs of water. If God wants to evangelize the world, if the gospel is going to go to every nation, he can even use an angel to do it. We haven't done it as a church. There are many Christians in all the countries of the world, but not that many, and there are huge countries where very few have heard the gospel. God may use even an angel to proclaim it to them, and if an angel proclaims it to them, you can be sure that they would listen. Imagine an angel flying over a nation and saying with a loud voice, this is the gospel. Is it any wonder that many, many do believe? Well, my friend, this is Pastor Lutzer. Until an angel flies across a nation giving the gospel, we are left here on earth. And I want you to know that the ministry of Running to Win is intended to get the gospel around the world. And we want to thank the many of you who help us do just that. I'm holding in my hands a book entitled The King is Coming. Now, I want to explain 
that I believe that prophecy is not given to us simply to satisfy our curiosity. Rather, it is given to us to motivate us to live differently. And that's why I have a very great pastoral concern for how prophecy is viewed. The Bible over and over again tells us what's going to happen, and then it connects that with an urgency to live in light of eternity. The subtitle of the book is 10 Events That Will Change Our Future Forever. Now, for a gift of any amount, this book can be yours, and you'll be getting information as to how you can connect with us. But I want to tell you that as we continue this ministry, it is because of people just like you who have contributed. I love to emphasize that Running to Win is in more than 50 different countries in six different languages. Why? Because of people who are committed to helping us get the gospel around the world. Once again, the title of the book, The King is Coming, the subtitle, 10 Events That Will Change Your Future Forever. I believe it will be of tremendous help, encouragement, and instruction as you run the race of life. That was Erwin Lutzer with more of The King Judges Those Left Behind, the fifth in a 10-part series on The King is Coming. Next time, Jesus foretells the abomination of desolation as the Antichrist sets himself up as God. The King is Coming is also a book by Erwin Lutzer, and we'll send it as a thank you for your gift of any amount to support Running to Win. Just call us at 1-800-215-5001. That's 1-800-215-5001. Online, go to OfferRTW.com or write to Running to Win, Moody Church, 1635 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60614. For Dr. Erwin Lutzer, this is Dave McAllister. Running to Win is a ministry of the Moody Church.